Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. During the last four Sundays of the Easter season, we look back to the last discourse of our Lord that he had with his disciples in the Gospel according to St. John before his crucifixion and resurrection. We, like the disciples, ponder the things that Jesus said on the night when he was betrayed, and when he had many things that he wished to tell them, but he did not do it yet out of love for them, because they couldn't bear to hear it at this time. This discourse focuses on Christ's promises to his disciples, preparing them for the time to come after his death and resurrection. We go over them again, and we go over what our Lord had said that we may hear, meditate upon, and take to heart what he had said on that night, which he felt so important to tell his disciples before he went to die. Today we hear how he encouraged his disciples about what was to come. He was going to him who sent him. This news of our Lord's withdrawal from his disciples and going to his father, which ultimately would be fulfilled at the ascension, saddened his disciples. But he encourages them to think, and he thinks only of them and those who will come after them by focusing on the benefits that this going away will bring to his disciples and those who follow after them. Because I have said these things to you, Jesus said, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the paraclete, which our translation translates as helper, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. If Jesus did not complete his work by going to the cross to die, rising again on the third day, and if he did not ascend to the Father after his work was completed, 40 days after his resurrection, he would not have been able to send the paraclete, that is, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here named according to his office, which he has in being sent by Jesus. He is the paraclete, that is, the helper, the comforter, the advocate. This office he bears in the world from the time that he was sent at Pentecost to the end of the world. Our Lord tells the disciples of the threefold role that the paraclete exercises in his office. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The main work of the Holy Spirit in this office is to convict. And this conviction is regarding three things, sin, righteousness, and judgment. The first work is to convict concerning sin. But let us note, he is not convicting the world of sin or because of sin, but concerning sin. He comes to the world, the very same world which God loved in this way, that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him may not perish. To this world, he comes to convict consciences and oppress them about these things. At first, when we hear that it says he convicts concerning sin, we may think that here the Holy Spirit is making the world aware of sin, saying to the world, sin exists and you sin. 
But that's not what Jesus says here, because Jesus gives the reason that the Holy Spirit is convicting concerning sin. And indeed, when we think about it, all the world does know about sin in some way or another. All people know that sin is there, that evil thoughts, words, and deeds exist, that crime, both major and minor, exists, that all people know that there is something wrong with the world, that the world is broken, that there are things happening that shouldn't, that we do things that we shouldn't. Yes, the world knows about sin, even if a little. Rather, the Holy Spirit convicts concerning sin because they do not believe in Jesus. The chief work of the paraclete's conviction concerning sin is the specific sin of unbelief. The Holy Spirit's work, then, is in the world to convict consciences, pressing upon them as he works through the word, you do not believe in Jesus. This is important, because it is only Jesus who takes away sin. It is only Jesus who has done all that is necessary in order to restore the world to where it should be, to fix what is wrong in it, and to take away our sin. This he did in his perfect death and resurrection. Thus, for those who reject the Spirit's convicting concerning sin because they do not believe in Jesus, there is a hardening of heart. Just as Pharaoh's heart was hardened every time he did not listen to Moses and refused to let the people of Israel go, so too those who reject the work of the Holy Spirit upon the conscience have their hearts hardened. They do not believe, so they remain in their sin because they reject the one who takes sin away. They are like the scribes and the chief priests after Pentecost who forbid the disciples from preaching about Jesus in the temple. When the Holy Spirit convicted them of their unbelief, they continued to reject him and thus remained in their sin. But for those who feel the pressing of the Holy Spirit upon their consciences concerning sin because they do not believe in Jesus and do not fight the work of the Holy Spirit, they are led to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ by the same Spirit. Just as the 3,000 at Pentecost who heard Peter's sermon, cried out, Brothers, what shall we do? And in response, Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Thus believing in Jesus, having faith in him, that is, trusting in him, they are forgiven all their sins and receive the Holy Spirit who convicted them of that sin in the first place. Yes, believers, your faith has saved you. The Spirit creates this saving faith in those who do not reject his work through the read and proclaimed word or through the word which is in and with the water and holy baptism. The same Holy Spirit continues to uphold, strengthen, and confirm this saving faith in Jesus that takes away sins through the working of the word and the sacraments. So by faith in Jesus, we have been set free by our sin. We have been set free from our sins. We also have the freedom that comes from knowing that Christ Jesus has atoned for our sin and that when he comes again, all will be put as it should be and sin will be gone forever. We do not become hopeless when we see the world getting worse and worse, 
but we are hopeful for the world to come, knowing that Jesus has taken away sin. The second work of the Holy Spirit that he does in the world as paraclete is convicting the world concerning righteousness, because Jesus went to the Father and we see him no longer. Since those of the world know about sin in some way and are alarmed by it, the world does its best to cover for sin. It may take the form of thinking that good works atone for or outweigh sin and evil works like karma or the ancient religions like the Egyptian religion, which believed that the heart was weighed after death and if you did more good than bad, then into paradise you go. It may take the form of works righteousness, a works righteous religiosity which attempts to justify the self or become righteous by doing righteous things. It may take the form of convincing the self or convincing others that our particular pet sins are really not sins at all. No matter what form it takes, this righteousness is not true righteousness. It never can be enough. And so it is incredibly hard on people, creating an impossible and weighty burden that either leads to despair from not being able to fulfill righteousness, or it leads to deluding ourselves into thinking that we have become righteous by our deeds. The Holy Spirit, as paraclete, convicts the world concerning righteousness, showing how its own righteousness is not enough. But more than that, the Holy Spirit convicts consciences of the world concerning righteousness because Jesus has gone to the Father and we see him no more. Thus, the Holy Spirit says, the only way to become righteous, O sinner, is through Jesus. The only way to become righteous is through Jesus because he has completed his work of atoning for sin. And having completed his work, he went to the Father's side. True righteousness can only come from God's verdict, as he is the judge and standard of righteousness. This righteousness, which the Holy Spirit convicts the world concerning, comes only by God's acquittal, which changes one's standing before him. This righteousness can only come through Jesus, who was crucified for us, who was raised again on the third day for us, and who 40 days later ascended to the Father's side for us. In him alone is righteousness found. Because of this work, the Father declares those who believe in him to be righteous, because he has made satisfaction for sin, and he creates a new heart within them that believe. Those who reject the Holy Spirit's conviction concerning righteousness of Jesus Christ, which is granted by faith, are themselves convicted. They are convicted by God of unrighteousness, for all are unrighteous according to our own merits and deeds. And so those who reject this and instead choose to be their own judge and attempt to attain righteousness according to their own works or their own standard are convicted of their unrighteousness, for they have rejected the only means of righteousness, Jesus, who is at the Father's side. But for those who are, whose consciences are pierced by the Holy Spirit and do not reject this righteousness, but rather reject their own righteousness and their own attempts at it, they receive the true righteousness that comes from above. For it is faith in Jesus Christ which justifies, that is, which makes righteous. As St. Paul says, a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So also we who have believed in Jesus Christ 
in order to be made righteous by faith. It is faith in the one who died and rose again for us that receives righteousness. It is faith that receives the verdict of God's pardon for sin and declaration of righteousness. For the one who has no sin is righteous. For by faith in Christ our sins are forgiven and we are justified, that is, made righteous with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Finally, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, as helper, as comforter, convicts the world concerning judgment. He convicts the world concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The Holy Spirit impresses upon the world's consciences to say that all who remain in their sins, whose sins are not taken away by Jesus through belief in him, for those who are not righteous because they reject Jesus' righteousness, there will be a future judgment when Christ Jesus is no longer hidden from our sight, but comes again on the last day. He convicts those concerning righteousness, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is already judged. The devil is called the ruler of this world, not because he rules it in any authoritative sense, but because it is he who introduced sin into the world, and it is to him who one submits by their sin. The devil has been judged by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and found utterly guilty. His sentence and judgment is secure and firm. His kingdom of death and sin were overthrown by Christ Jesus through his death and resurrection. For Jesus' death to atone for sin and his resurrection showed that sin had been atoned for and that the power of death had been broken. Death no longer held him. Thus Satan, the so-called ruler of this world, is cast from his throne and so prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone he may devour because he is already judged and he now awaits his sentence at the end of the world to come into effect. Trying to keep as many as possible from the work of the Holy Spirit so that they too may share in his judgment. For that is the fate of all who do not repent. And that is why the Holy Spirit convicts concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The Holy Spirit works to show that since the ruler of the sinful world is judged, those who in their sins will likewise share in the judgment if they remain in them. We know from our Lord that hell was made for the devil and his angels. It was not made for mankind. Yet those who refuse the Spirit's conviction will likewise share in it by their choice. Thus, those who continue to align with the devil's will and submit to him will likewise share in his judgment. But for those who are convicted concerning judgment and by the Holy Spirit's work accept that conviction and repent, they escape this judgment. They escape the judgment and condemnation that lays upon the devil and are instead covered by the judgment that falls on Christ Jesus, that is, not guilty. Those who by faith believe in Jesus Christ escape the judgment that falls on the devil, and those in his kingdom, because by faith in Christ, are transferred from the devil's kingdom to the kingdom of God. For Christ Jesus is king, and he rules now already the ruler of all, the ruler who will in the end make right everything in this world which is wrong because of his work, and he will welcome those who trust in him 
into his everlasting kingdom. And while we wait for that day, we still experience the Lord's reign in part now. For Jesus' reign is currently over all the world, and the Spirit whom he sent is working throughout all the world, convicting it concerning sins, righteousness, and judgment. Through this, he gathers in a great harvest. Thus, he works through the word and its preaching that he may continue to convict the world in this way. He continues to work in this way that those whom he has convicted profitably, that those whom he has convicted profitably may be built up in the faith so that they may ever more strongly trust in Jesus who takes away sin, so that they may ever more strongly rely on his righteousness as he works in them to produce the fruits of faith, so that they may be safe from the coming judgment and instead hear the gracious words of the king who did everything necessary to save and yet still says, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. Indeed, it is truly to our advantage that Jesus went to the cross, rose again, and then went to the Father that he may send the Spirit. May God grant that the Spirit always work profitably in us to our salvation for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. <laughs>